Welcome to the history of the band Six Shooter, as remembered by Dave Jackson. Welcome to season three of the history of the band Six Shooter. If you're new to the show, this is meant to be listened to episode one through now. So if you're not listening in Apple Podcasts, you might want to download all the episodes and sort them oldest to newest. We are starting off at August 7th. It's titled, We're Going Back to Cappies. With Kevin in Pennsylvania, John makes the trip to Cappies. There's plenty of good news. In talking with John, Chuck, the bar owner, says, hey, people are talking about our appearance. And consequently, Chuck has asked us to return September 6th and 7th with a raise in pay of $300. That's right, $700 for the weekend. Chuck also wants to hold a dance for teens on a Sunday night sometime this month. Yeah, things are definitely looking up. Now, this is for an undisclosed amount, but things are definitely looking up. August 10th, Dave gets boofed. Dave and Kevin decide to go to Cappy's this weekend to see Phoenix. Dave hits the Red Pepper in Barberton only to find, well, that it's closed. He then goes to the Shenandoah and drops off a tape. Pretty much the same tune as before at the Shenandoah. They want us to audition again. The Shenandoah is such a dive. There are never more than 20 people in there at a time. Dave then goes to the Tangled Spur only to find that the house band has pulled it all together. And thus, eh, there's no room for a six-shooter. At Cappy's, Dave sees Phoenix's drummer, Jack Beam, who he knows from previous experience. In fact, I had originally talked to Jack about purchasing drums back when Six Shooter was being formed. The band opens up with Stevie Ray Vaughan's House is a Rockin' and performs the other country classics, such as Do the Georgia Satellites Keep Your Hands to Yourself? You know, the country classics. The band has a front man that sings and plays the harmonica, and this means that every song has a harmonica part. The band is running sound via a snake from the front, and while their song list may be not as good as Six Shooters, their sound is solid. Their in-between song banter, though, is moot. They barely come up with anything to discuss except the bachelorette party going on in the back. They sounded good, but Dave is a little confused on their choice of country songs. Dave's a little pissed at the fact that Kevin and Maria are a no-show, and Dave is curious as they decided not to meet at their home, which is just minutes away and wonders if this was somehow pre-planned. My feelings are hurt, but, you know, I'll survive. The lack of communication via voicemail or answering machine, again, this is, what, 1996 at this point, was the exact thing the band was concerned with with Lee last weekend. John was a possibly maybe due to relatives in from out of town, and after watching the first song of the second set, Dave leaves. On his way to the parking lot, in the middle of the song Watermelon Crawl, Dave hears the band launch into Sly and the Family Stone Dance to the Music. You know, more country classics. And I will say, though, this song did start off with a drum solo that was impressive. Upon returning to the Shenandoah, Dave listens to the Country Jammers. Do, you guessed it, Keep Your Hands to Yourself by the Georgia Satellites. I can't escape this freaking song. They also did a Merle Haggard song. It's been a bad night and basically I'm headed home. 
Later when talking to Kevin, Kevin explains that they just didn't make it. As Kevin put it, you got boofed. August 17, Kevin goes a pimping. Kevin hits the carriage house and the Elms Club and admits that neither sound promising. Meanwhile, Davis tried to get the Shenandoah to relinquish their must audition policy, but they say we still have to audition. I think John summed it up best when he sarcastically said, we're not playing the Shenandoah. Boo hoo. Wah. 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 September 5th. Repair work. Well, the band is rusty due to a cancellation of practice. It's been a fun time. John and Kevin have been tearing apart the power amps and two transistors are replaced. And after much testing, it appears that the amplifiers have simply just lost their balls. There's no real punch. Then suddenly they came to life. It appears that one of the outputs is funky. Unfortunately, John and Kevin are up late most of the week. So, yeah, the sound check on Thursday night ended around midnight. So, yeah, work's going to be fun on Friday. September 6th through the 7th. Back at Cappy's. The band takes the stage with the energy of a week-old roadkill. It's a strange set, and the band is real rusty due to the strange practice week. Mistakes are all over the place. Now, most recovered smoothly. Kevin drew a blank on the words to she's got the rhythm and Dave and the boys made it an extended jam. We kind of all drew blanks at times and it just wasn't pretty. But then again, well, I'm a perfectionist. Chuck and the soundboard were out front and Chuck is learning the ropes on running sound. The power amps were working well and Dave went to the musician's bargain basement and picked up an equalizer and that seemed to stop the feedback out front. However, once again, Kevin and Dave can't hear a note they're singing on stage. Bottom line, we need an equalizer for the monitors. During one of our breaks, John meets up with an elderly type of woman who says that basically any bar with the word moose is looking for good bands. She says, and you guys are a good band. Well, that's good. Even when we suck, we're still good. Ernie is the new DJ at Cappy's. <laughs> what was the other guy's name? DJ Mike. So we now have Ernie. And somehow I'm just, Bert, all right, we're going we're gonna to do some tunes now, Bert, Bert. All right. Ernie is the new DJ at Cappy's. <laughs> the bar has installed a new sound system that sounds okay. It, it needs some tweaking. They also need to isolate the CD player as every time someone stomps their feet, which they do a lot in line dancing, the CD skips. The night just has a strange vibe to it. The excitement of playing out the first time as a group is kind of wearing thin. The fact that, well, we're all zombies has a lot to do with that. And some sleep will put us back at the top of our game. Luckily, the Sunday gig has been postponed. Dave does the traditional run through the bar only to be disappointed when everyone in the pool section of the bar informs him that, dude, we can't hear your guitar. Bummer. Saturday's performance was much livelier, although we believe we blew up the monitor amplifier by adding a speaker for Lee. We somehow tweaked it enough to where we could hear the vocals on stage, and this made being on stage 100% more comfortable. The band used a new format by playing 40 minutes 
and taking a 20-minute break. Previously, we would play 60 minutes, and we were off for 30. And this meant that we actually played less time. The band revamped the set list and took some songs that were not really going over very well, took those out, or if it was a song that the band, well, just didn't sound very good on, yeah, it was gone. This also provided some flexibility as we had put the song Margaritaville on the leftover list. Well, of course, the crowd requested it, so it went right off the leftover list, right back onto the set. Along with the request came Becky. Becky came on stage to sing with the band. Unfortunately, it turns out that Becky is a wench from Chuck's past. The band hashed out some basic chords to Happy Birthday and countrified it, shall we say. It turns out there were two birthday girls in the audience, Tanya and Kara. And so we basically played Happy Birthday again. Happy Birthday! The crowd by the end of the night, it's a pretty decent size, but definitely at the bar to talk amongst themselves rather than listen to the band. The band more or less entertained ourselves. The mistakes were still present, better than the night before, but, you know, we covered it well. We got paid $700 and an extra $100 for the cancellation of Sunday's gig. We paid Chucky $40 for running the sound. The band is approached to play next month, and Kevin decides to play hard to get and tell the owner that we need to check the schedule. The weekend wasn't bad. It's hard physically to do, but it's paying the bills. And we now have around a month to get ready for the next appearance. I hope the band can focus on their vision, work on some new tunes, add some vocals, and become the band we're potentially able to be. In the next episode, Cappies, Buns, and Bow Ties. Subscribe to the show out at historyofsixshooter.com. <laughs>